1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I am your host, Erin Royer. As promised, today I'm going to talk about car seat safety. As I mentioned last week, children's car seat laws are about to change here in California on January 1st. So I'm going to talk about all the current guidelines, as well as what is changing briefly discuss different state guidelines, and where you can find information about your state's guidelines. I'll talk about car seat setup and places you can go to get help in properly installing car seats, common errors when strapping in kids and infants that can be dangerous and even fatal. And lastly, I'm going to give some tips on getting toddlers into their seats when they are doing their best to be oppositional and exert their will, which can be very frustrating when we just want or need to go someplace. So here is the sobering truth. Every day, four to five children die in car crashes. They're the leading cause of death among kids in this country. And yet most of us are completely untrained about how to keep our kids safe in the car by properly installing the car seat. Now, Alyssa Bayer is a pediatrician and nationally certified child passenger safety instructor who's also known as the car seat lady. And I follow her on Facebook and Twitter. But she says across the country, we find greater than 95% misuse of car seats. So that's pretty sobering statistic. Let's start with some basics. There are different types of car seats, the infant seat, which fits baby snugly during the first year or so, and depending on the seat and size of your baby, they face the rear of the car and carry babies from up to 22 pounds or even up to 35 pounds and 29 to 32 inches tall, depending on the seat. These seats usually have a handle for easy carrying. They can snap in and out of a base you can install in the car and in and out of your stroller, and then they also can just go right into the car and be strapped in with a seat belt if you need to take them in another car. Convertible car seats are larger and heavier than the infant seats. They face the back of the car at first and later turn to face forward, carrying children from birth to somewhere between 40 and 80 pounds and up to 50 inches tall, again, depending on the seat. Another type of convertible seat is known as the three-in-one or all-in-one car seat. It changes from a rear-facing convertible to a forward-facing and then into a booster seat for children up to 100 pounds. So, but note, some three-in-one car seats are not for babies. They're forward-facing only and convert from car seat to older toddlers to high-back boosters to backless booster. A booster can be either just the seat or a high back, which can include some type of side head protection. Some high back boosters also have the five-point harness system in them. Currently in California, and these are the laws that are not changing, a child needs to stay in a booster seat until eight years of age or four feet, nine inches tall. So that means we can't let a six or seven-year-old sit on the car seat unless they've reached four feet nine inches tall. And that's very tall because I have a very tall seven-year-old, but he's four feet five inches tall. Very tall for his age. He towers over a lot of eight-year-olds and even some nine-year-olds, but he still has four inches to go to reach that criteria. So he won't be out of his booster seat until he reaches at least eight, although I'll probably keep him in it longer. Between the ages of four and eight, kids can be in either a convertible seat or a booster you would move out of the convertible seat once the child has reached the weight or height limit for that seat. Once you move to a booster, the high back booster with a five point harness system is always the safest until they reach the height or weight limit for that harness system. From two to four years, you can use either a convertible seat or a three in one. Children under four must be properly secured in a car seat with an internal harness. So now I'll cover the laws that are changing here in California. Now, if you want to see these, if you want to see a visual of all these rules for California, you can go to the website at yourvillageonline.com podcast slash child safety seats, and you can find a couple of printouts there or things you could pin and then just look at later to have these laws spelled out in front of you so that you can go over them and really understand them. Now, the part of the law that is changing is that babies and toddlers must stay rear-facing up to age two. Currently, it's until one year of age, but research has shown that babies and toddlers are five times safer when they are rear-facing. If you are in an accident, that's a pretty significant difference. Currently, California, New Jersey, and Oklahoma have the strictest child safety seat laws, to find the laws for your state, you can go to drivinglaws.aaa.com. So that's drivinglawsaaacom slash tag slash child dash passenger dash safety. Now, I know that's a mouthful. So you can also go to the Your Village website podcast page for this episode that I just mentioned, yourvillageonline.com slash podcast child safety seats to find the link to that. So now I'll get into some information on the installation of safety seats. For a great resource on choosing and installing seats, you can go to www.safercar.gov slash car seat. I also added this link to the podcast episode page, yourvillageonline.com podcast slash child safety seats. It has some great tools for entering your child's age, height and weight and letting you know the right kind of seat. You can compare car seat makes and models with their finder tool, evaluate car seat features, and then the installation steps, as well as information on registering your car seat. Then you can also sign up to get recall notifications on your car seat right from their website as well. So this site has videos on how to install each of the different kinds of seats. The first thing you wanna do is check your vehicle owner's manual to find out which types of seats can go in which seats. Some vehicles have different anchoring systems and not all seats are compatible with all cars or in every seat of a car. Obviously, you want to install the seats in the back whenever possible. But for instance, my SUV has a third row. We have three kids, so we wanted to separate them out a little bit. So we have a third row. The back row seats don't have the same anchoring system as the middle row. So after you figure out where you want the seats and what kind of anchoring system is in place, you can start looking at seats to make sure you choose something compatible. In most cases, you won't have a problem putting almost any car seat in any seat in the back of a car. But I've seen parents buy a seat that doesn't have the compatible latch system, or it doesn't get in there and fit snugly, and they have to return the seat and go get another, which can be a huge pain. I also personally recommend having the seats installed by a professional. In every state, there are places to get this done free of charge. In California, any highway patrol office offers this service. You can sign up for a day and time online. Sometimes hospitals will also have a car seat install day. To find a place near you, go to the same site I mentioned before, safecar.gov slash car seat. On the left-hand side, down just a little bit, is a red rectangle that says get your seat inspected. Click on that and then that page has a drop-down to search by state or zip code. It's very cool. I also have a link right to the search page from the podcast episode page that I've already mentioned, but I'll mention it again, yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash child safety seats. So all these resources from this podcast episode will be available on that page. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Visit homethreads.com slash parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order, because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. There are also specialists who are trained to do car seat fitting and install for a living. So if there isn't a place close to you or the wait is too long, sometimes the CHP waiting time can be weeks out. You can always find someone who is certified and then pay for it. And I actually had this on my to-do list before each of our babies were born. I got my seats and car into the CHP office to have the seats properly installed about a month before they were due. I then went in every three to six months to have them reinstalled because they loosen over time. They need to fit super snug and not slide at all. And getting that fit can be a challenge. Also, if you have a floor anchor system on the car seat, these would be for forward facing seats and no anchor in the floor behind the seat, tuck those suckers down behind the seat and hook it to something so it doesn't fly up around the seat and hit your child. The ends are metal, and in an accident, if they come flying around to the front, they could do a lot of damage. Now, if your child is in a booster, then obviously the booster just sits on the seat and isn't strapped down. But some high-back boosters do still have the anchors. We actually have the Britax Frontier 90 high-back boosters. It has both an anchor, and this is an amazing feature, they call the click-tight, the back of the seat clicks out with a press of two buttons and you thread the seat belt through there and hook it in. Once it's tight, you then click the back down into place and it tightens that seat belt really tight and this seat is super snug. It does not move. Even I can get that one installed all on my own. Plus it's super easy to move from car to car if you need that. Now, these suckers are heavy, though, and a bit awkward to carry, but they're really safe. We kept our oldest in the five-point harness system until it started to get too tight on his crotch and he was complaining about it. So then you can just use the seatbelt in the normal way, with a boost, like with a booster. But they have the extra head protection, both back and side impact. I think the latest version of this seat is actually called the Britax Click Tight. So, now when it comes to strapping toddlers or babies into seats, here are some common mistakes. Not choosing the right seat for the child's age, height, or weight. And I've covered where to go to do your research on that. But also make sure to be cognizant of when your child outgrows his or her seat. Know the height and weight limits for the current seat and be ready when he or she is getting closer to hitting the limits. Also, never buy a used seat. You will never know if it's been in an accident or if all the parts are still there or if it's expired. Car seats expire six years after the manufacture date. The second common mistake is installing the car seat incorrectly, which I also already covered, so you'll know how to do this, but also just to add a couple tips if you decide to do it yourself. Not putting enough weight on the seat as it's being installed. This was my issue. I just couldn't push down hard enough. I don't weigh enough and I could never get it snug. Also forgetting to use the tether or anchor if the anchor is available or not tucking it in if it's not available. Forgetting to put the seat belt in lock mode. That's when you pull it out all the way and then it clicks and you retract it back to where it's snug and pulls the car seat snug. Using both anchors and the seat belt. You don't use you don't want to do that. You want to use either the anchors or the seat belt, not both. Attaching the lower anchors and tethers to the wrong points in the car. If they are not actual anchors for car seats, don't use them. This can be very dangerous as it probably won't hold in an accident. Common mistake with this is to anchor it to the cargo hooks. Not fitting the harness properly around the child. If you were to jump from a third story window, which is the equivalent impact of a 30 mile an hour crash, a parachute that is snugly attached to your body will bring you to a stop that is slow and gentle as possible. And this is the role of the harness in the car seat. It needs to be snug in order to do its job. You should be able to fit one finger between your child's collarbone and the strap. The chest clip needs to be even with the armpits. This is the one I see a lot in pictures when parents post pics of their cute little babies on Facebook, but the chest strap a lot of times is down too low and or the harness is too loose. The chest strap is just that, a chest strap for the chest. If it's too low, it can cause severe internal damage in a car crash. Also do not use any accessories that didn't come with a seat or are not certified to be used with car seats like seat covers or bundlers. Also no extra clothing like jackets should be worn in car seats that use any harness system. They won't get in there tight enough and they are in danger of being harmed in an accident. Turning kids around to forward facing too soon. Again rear facing is five times safer even at two years of age. So keep kids rear facing as long as possible. Now I've heard parents say that they turn their little ones around before two because they're tall and it looks uncomfortable, but toddlers really don't know the difference. If rear facing is all they know, they're perfectly content with it. Our oldest son Carter, as I mentioned, is pretty tall. He's already 54 inches tall taller than a lot of eight-year-olds and even some nine-year-olds, and he's always been taller than average, but I kept him rear-facing until almost three. He would just put his legs up crisscross, keep toddlers rear-facing as long as possible until they outgrow that car seat. Getting rid of the booster too early. As I mentioned, in California and many other states, the law requires kids to be four foot nine inches tall before they can just use the seatbelt without a booster. So that means we can't let a six or seven-year-old sit on the car seat unless they've reached four feet nine inches tall. Let's go to the AAA site I mentioned earlier, drivinglawsaaacom slash tag slash child dash passenger dash safety to find out the laws for your state. Or of course, you can go to the podcast page, yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash child safety seats to see all of these resources in one place. The next common mistake, letting kids in the front seat too soon. The front seat is not safe for kids 13 and under. Airbags can damage young bodies whose skeletal systems are not fully formed. Also, hitting the windshield is a danger for younger kids so they are much safer in the back seat. The next common mistake is parents not wearing seat belts. As with everything, children model what they see. So when parents don't wear seatbelts, it sends the message that they aren't that important. In the same vein, always strap kids in, even just to go down the block. And lastly, kids tucking the shoulder belt under the arm. I caught my five-year-old son doing this as we pulled out from our spot after picking him up from school. I read him the riot act. Then just the other day, a mom took to social media to share what happened to her daughter when she was in an accident with her dad and had the belt tucked under her arm. It sliced into her abdomen, and according to surgeons, she was practically cut in two. The surgeons couldn't even repair a lot of it, so she's being held together by a binder until her body heals itself back together. She's really lucky to be alive. And I don't wanna hear about anyone else's sweet kids and babies being hurt, improper installer fitting in car seats. So, hopefully, this information will save some heartache. So, now I wanna shift to a little lighter topic, and that is some tips for getting toddlers into car seats when they are feeling especially oppositional. Set the boundary while staying completely calm and confident. I know you don't feel like getting in your car seat right now, but you need to be safe. On the ride in the car. Calm and confident can rub off just like stress and frustration. So to limit your child's stress and frustration, stay calm. You can offer a choice. Would you like to hold teddy bear or horsey while I strap you in? Also, you can have a rule. Tell your toddler that the car won't start until she's buckled up. This is most effective when you're on your way somewhere fun. And I've had this with a couple of my kids from time to time also. Since there's three of them, sometimes one of the younger ones wouldn't be happy about the seat they got when they were the last one into the car. And so they would refuse to buckle. And I would just say, well, we'll just stay here until you're ready. I can't drive the car if you aren't in your seatbelt. And I'd pull out my phone and play around. Soon enough, the offending child would strap in. You could make her lovey backle. Uh, you could make his lovey ba- backle. You can make his lovey buckle up in the seat beside him. Now, some parenting experts will recommend distraction and some others recommend staying away from it. I fall into that camp. If you've listened to my class on Discipline Tools for Toddlers, you know I don't recommend this method because it removes opportunity to learn skills like accepting no for an answer and learning to accept boundaries or learning how to deal with feelings of frustration. Distraction is used when a parent wants to sidestep dealing with it, but kids need these opportunities to feel frustrated and practice dealing with it or it won't get better. Now, with that being said, if you have a young toddler under two, and they can be pretty unreasonable who just has a complete fit every time. And it's an exhausting ordeal. And you just need to get somewhere by all means, use it, offer a toy or a book while you strap your child in or something to keep them busy you'll have lots of other opportunities to help your child learn to deal with frustration as long as this doesn't become a go-to tool every time your child starts to melt down about something. So that's the end of our podcast today. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Now on next week's episode, I'm going to be discussing rewards and punishments. And I talk a lot about this also in my intro to discipline class on the website, but I'll be giving some really good information about rewards and punishments and why they really don't work for the long term and some of the negative side effects of those and things to do instead. Thanks for listening to this episode and see you next time.